crashes in, you know it's time to begin. And wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC. Especially if you are one of our geeks in sneaks using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run. We're going to be with you in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week. Delivered the way we love it to be, and that is completely free. Thanks to our sponsor this week, Quip. Quip brings the show to you. DLC, of course, the show all about games and their many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Canada. They're spelled with two N's and one T. And I am joined, as always, by my friend slash co-host slash nemesis. The guy who's fully launched the official Last of Us podcast. Holy moly, Christian Spicer. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. People seem to really love it, which is, uh, you know, nice. Uh, it's, a whole, it's a whole new feeling for you for uh, for <laughs> podcasts, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's weird. You know, it, it feels weird. No, people love it. And the team at Spoke and PlayStation and Sony, everybody, you know, we're making something really awesome. So if you haven't checked it out, the first episode is out now, the official The Last of Us podcast. And it's all part one. Part two, I believe, starts in July. So you mean talking about the video game part one and part two? Correct. Right? There you go. Yeah. Yes, it comes out weekly on Tuesdays, and I and I believe we don't start talking about anything The Last of Us Part Two until July. So there's no, you know, Last of Us Part Two spoilers on the In podcast. Yeah. Contrast to this show where we will be talking about The Last of Us Part Two today. Although again, we will not be spoiling anything. We know this comes out before the game comes out so we will not be spoiling anything but the review embargo has lifted and so we will talk about the last of us part two i've been tweeting about it maybe you've seen i don't know uh but we also have an awesome guest to do this with i'm so excited that she's back with us you know the dlc always stands if you're downloadable canada and you're downloadable christian but this week i'm so excited because once again dlc stands for deciding your leisure choice because that's how you figure out what's good and from what's good, what's good games, that is. We have the one and the only Christine Steimer back with us. Hey, Christine. Hello. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so excited. You know, the last time you were you were on the show, it's been quite a while now. You guys had just launched What's Good Games. I know. It feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah, you guys have now taken over the world and are you know, building your empire, and um, we're all very excited to see it. But, you know, that's awesome. It's congratulations on, the, on all the success. Thank you. You know, I also can't help but wonder if, you know, if my name was just spelled with a C, would, the, would that intro have been much shorter? It certainly would have been easier have, for me. Yeah, it like, <laughs> wouldn't have had to be so, so much of a stretch. You just yeah. Like, <laughs> we, had, uh, we had Cicero Holmes on last week and his, his first name was a C. So, I, yes, I definitely did the easy version for myself. <laughs> but <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, excited you're here. Excited to talk Last of Us Part 2. You have played the entire game. Christian and I have both played the entire game. Again, we will not have any spoilers uh, for anybody that's excited to experience the story. We will not spoil it. Um, but when we get to the games that we have been playing, we will certainly uh, be talking in depth about our feelings about the game. Um, My feelings are in the freezer, so they can't be spoiled. Like, I've got a good, you know, like, shelf life. So you don't have to worry about spoilers are you saying for you a have long a, time. 
Are you saying you have a cold, cold heart? Is that what you're saying, Christian? <laughs> no, I'm saying I, put I don't have Walmart. any feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Just put them in the freezer. Put them in the icebox. Just push them push down them with all my might. <laughs> Someone gets it. Thank you very I'm much. I'm the opposite of that. I made the mistake of sharing my feelings on Twitter with the world, and I've had a, I've had quite the weekend, but we don't I'll need to send get into you, that. I'll send you a deep freezer. You can put it in the uh, basement with your feelings. That. Are you going to put like your phone with the Twitter into the, into the deep freezer and just leave it Probably there? a good idea. Idea. I mean, it, it probably would improve my life at this point. Uh, anyway, we, we also, I mean, we're talking about Last of Us Part Two, yes, but also, I mean, this this episode is just bursting at the seams. We may not have time to breathe because we also need to talk. It's basically E three week. I mean, it's it should have been E three week if the world was normal, uh, but instead of E three week, we have. The summer of games, and I know everyone is sad about not getting our usual E3 bumper music, but guess what? Old Sean Madigan came through again, and we've got summer of games bumper music. Here it goes. It's the summer of games on DLC. You're gonna get hyped up, and the news will live up to your expectations. Well, you know, see. That last bit is, is I'm not I'm not entirely <laughs> like, happy with how all that came together because it's so it's so jaunty and we get all excited about the summer of games and then Christian has to come in at the end and then just sort of like be be a little bummer at the end. Just there, but. Just temper your expectations. That's the way. Look, like, look, I don't know if you own a ten bedroom home and you can fit a PS5 in it. You know what I mean? So I'm oh, not yeah, sure. We, we need to temper expectations and go into it eyes wide open. Well, I mean, we normally you live in PS5. <laughs> I want to. It looks like a high-rise building in the future, you know? It looks like something that you would find in Dubai or something, you know? Doesn't it? It does, yeah. Uh, um, So usually this is the part of the show where we would talk about Story of the Week. This is more like E3 week. This is more like, this is Summer of Games. We're going to just step through all of the huge announcements. Sony, of course, had their The Future of Gaming event. And so we'll be talking about Sony's The Future of Gaming. We'll also be talking about the... PC gaming show that happened uh, on Saturday. You had, had, I mean, there's so many games that were announced there or talked about there. I can't even, I don't even know how we'll fit them all in, but we're going to do our best to step through everything that happened. So first, actually, since we kind of started there naturally, let's just talk about the PlayStation 5 hardware reveal, even though that was the end of what they showed. Let's start there because we got the form factor and we got this, for me, it was unpredicted. Uh, I, we knew Microsoft was doing something like this, but I did not anticipate Sony having two SKUs, two versions of the PlayStation 5, one being a disc version and one being a uh, internet only no disc version. Now, we knew that the, the rumors had been that the Series X would have the two SKUs like that, but I don't know anybody that had predicted uh, Sony would be doing the same. So that, to me, was a big uh, surprise. And we also saw a new version of the PlayStation Eye camera and um, a new media remote. Um, so let's start with the, the media remote. Let's get to the <laughs> juicy the stuff first. Part. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, play, pot. I mean, in two-tone color. Uh, no media remote I have is... It's shaped this, like that. I mean, yeah. This week we're gonna we're, this week we're gonna spend the entire show just talking about the media <laughs> remote. Uh, no, um, Christine, let me get your thoughts on first the look of the new PlayStation Five and how you feel about the two SKUs. I am one of those who. I mean, I don't mind the look of it. I know it's very polarizing, and there's lots of people on the internet making fun of it. 
Um, for me, I was just like, hey, they they at least made a choice. I feel like I, I love Xbox too, so I'm not, you know, trying to start any wars here. But um, I, I mean, the Xbox One Series X or God, Xbox Series X, I hate all their naming too. Um, yeah, it's, pro- it's, just, it's problematic. It's just a black box. It's just a PC tower. But it has like that like angle on it on that one part. You know, it's like got that little <laughs> angle. Nine is the one angle. <laughs> Um, but I was like, okay, I mean, they at least took a much stronger design perspective from Xbox or than Xbox did, which I appreciate, even if you may or may not be a fan of it. Um, I'm always for people being like, no, this is my vision. Um, yeah. So I thought that was really cool. And obviously, I personally, I liked the digital edition because I don't even think I've used my drive once on my PlayStation or my Xbox. Yeah, I was thinking, when was the last time I actually put a disc in my PlayStation 4? And I honestly don't remember. It has been so long. I mean, we are, as, wow. as reviewers often get review codes, so maybe our experience is slightly skewed. But yeah. I think even if I wasn't getting review codes, I would just be buying stuff digitally. I don't, I mean, especially now, especially when there's no leaving your house, no going to stores. It's it's really uh, much more common that I, I don't put discs in my drive. But maybe I should back up a second and say, you know, if you haven't seen the images of the PlayStation 5, I'm sure most of the people listening to this have, but just for the sake of anybody that may not, may be relying on us for their news, uh, the PlayStation 5, the look and feel, or the look of the form factor is, th- they only showed it uh, standing on its end vertically, like like we used to get those uh, in the... They later the- showed uh, horizontal. Late, yeah. yeah, they did show it, but it's like so fast, you blink, you miss it. Mm, I didn't catch it. I must have blinked. Um, I also I also blinked, so I had to look at it on Twitter later. <laughs> but it is it is a surprisingly two tone design. If you had seen the uh, images of the controller that was white with sort of a black layering underneath it, that's really what the console looks like too. It it, it is consistent with that controller design where it has this white plastic shell almost. It, it almost to me looks like a like a book or a binder that has black pages inside it. Uh, it. It really wraps around three quarters of the, of the surface of the PlayStation five. And then it's got this kind of cool blue led on top that lights up. Evidently <clears throat> my first impression when I saw it, uh, I was doing the, the twit live stream. And uh, the thing I said when I first saw it was, boy, it sure reminds me actually of the Xbox 360, which was trying to have, you know, the inhale. And it was, you know, they would really make such a big deal about the look of the box. You know, it's like, oh, it has this beautiful inhale and you'll be able to swap the, the covers. And they were trying to make a big deal about the design of the thing. And I feel like in subsequent generations, we've kind of abandoned that, even that, attempt to make something that isn't just basically a black box and i'm with you christine i kind of dig that they're like no we're gonna we're gonna do something really out there you know it's gonna look different yeah people were like it looks like a modem i was like yeah (laughs) of course sure like but it it does look like tech i mean obviously it looks like a tech box um but i am okay with that and i do think that they could have some interesting um customization options like with the way they do with, uh, you know, um, when a game comes out, like this is the special edition PlayStation five, maybe right. with Spider-Man, maybe we'll get a cool red and black one with Spider-Man. I think somebody mocked up a version of what a Spider-Man was. I don't know how official or not. It is probably not, but I thought online there somebody mocked up a cool, like, you know, black 
uh, surface with red spider logo on it. it looked really neat. Uh, it could be um, so cool, especially since the next Spider-Man. Sorry, I'm sort of spoiling it a little bit, but it, it's Miles Morales, and like he has the cooler yeah. logo with the neat, the neat spray paint. Oh, could be cool. so rad. Yeah. Um, but are you just to sort of wrap this up? Are you down for white plastic at least to start? Is that something you're into? Yeah, I mean, I don't really mind. I don't really. I'm honestly, I don't care. Like, I I do yeah. like um white consoles. So I have. Well, the current one I have is gray. My Xbox is the Gears of War one. I do just have a black PlayStation. But if I really wanted the white Destiny one, but I couldn't justify buying it because I already had one that worked. Um, so I wish if they had just brought them all out. You know, when it came out, then I would just always buy the white consoles. But mm, okay, don't always well, that's do cool. That. Christian, how about you? Are you are you down for white plastic? Uh, I mean, it's not all white plastic, right? It has that cool black interior, but it certainly feels like we moved through the white plastic period with the first Wii and the Xbox 360. And now, you know, what's what's old is new again. Yeah, my Xbox One is is uh, white plastic predominantly. Uh, the one I use mostly is the One S, um, and my One S is mostly white and black. It's mostly white as I look at it now. I'm I'm you know I'm honestly fine with it. it. It's like to me, I much prefer function over form for these things. I've never been a person to display my consoles, where I know some people have and do, and I think I've seen some incredible displays out there and like cabinets with like LED lighting, and they have like everything from every generation set up and i am in awe of that and their cable management abilities that i don't have but i i just want it to hopefully be quiet and hopefully fit into the space that i have set up for it dude that's <laughs> my, my number concerns. one thing too yeah i was like okay i don't actually think this could be the ugliest box in the world and i won't care is it quiet will it not burn my house down because of how overheated it gets <laughs> those are my concerns it certainly yes. looks like it has a lot of nooks and crannies for dust to get into, but you know that's that sounds like an old guy's criticism. It's that's like, also oh, where that's that's where fans blow out of too, right? It's like the, yeah. the best of both worlds. Like that's where the air comes out, and the dust is like, no, 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 we got this, and you're like, no dust, get out of there, <laughs> be gone. Uh, Christian, what's your feeling about this two skews thing? I mean, uh, I'm I'm surprised Sony went there. Are you are you more inclined to get the digital version as Christine was saying, or are you more inclined to stick with a, having the option of disc? It's all about price for me. And I think uh, I'm very curious where they come down. I think there's a chance that it could be a pretty good Delta between the two, because if you go completely digital, then they're getting whatever it is, 30% of every game you buy over the lifespan of that console, right? Cause you're going through their store a console is not like a PC where it's like, oh, I'm going to get this on the Epic Store. I'm going to get this on GOG. I'm going to get this on Steam. If you're buying any game on your PlayStation 5 digitally, it's all through. And same with currently now, right, on the Xbox and uh, PlayStation 4. But you're going through their store. So I think if they look at a long game, they're probably able to offer the digital version at more of a discount than just the cost of removing the disk drive. Um, right. So the, the cost is very important to me. And then the other thing that's important to me is to what extent backwards compatibility works on this thing. Cause I am a person that um, I mentioned when I moved that I'm probably going to stop being this person, but I still buy mostly physical media for my games. And so that means a lot of my PlayStation four games are on disc. And if this thing, you know, can really get rid of load times on Spider-Man or, you know, if I'm playing um, doom eternal, or something like that that has me failing and repeating a decent amount. And this can almost make those load times go away if I put the disc in my PlayStation 5, then that becomes important to me. 
Um, so it depends on how much backwards compatibility I'll be doing and price point. And then also, I'll, I mean, just this is just me, and I don't want to put words in either of your mouths. Whichever one I can get, you know, like if I, <laughs> yeah. if I have my heart set on disc and it's sold yeah. out, dad's buying discless. You know what I mean? We don't know. We don't know what that's going to be like. You know, it's going to be uh, interesting to see what kind of availability, how they are going to roll out pre-orders and orders in a, in a COVID world. Uh, a lot remains to be seen. But um, I mean, I agree with you. I, I never really thought of that backwards compatibility side of it because – you know, theoretically, if I want all my PlayStation 3 or 4 discs to play in my PlayStation 5 with that no load times kind of up or whatever they're doing to make things a little shinier, um, you'll need a disk drive. So maybe maybe that will sway me a little bit. Although, you know, I tend not to be too much of a go-backward guy. I tend to be looking at the future of games. But go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, I, that's kind of where I always sit. I'm like, I love the idea of backwards compatibility, but how often do I ever actually do it? And the answer yeah. is never. Yeah. I, I'm a little, I think, different than you, Christian. I, I, my initial gut reaction to the two SKUs was not, hey, this gives them an opportunity to reduce the price of the discless version. It felt to me like, oh, it gives them an opportunity to put out a box at like $600 but say PlayStation 5 starting at 499. You know what I mean? You can have it gives them the low price point bullet bullet point for the discless version and then have the disked version be much more expensive than people would stand for if it was the only way to get the box. The old marketing bait and switch. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I don't want to I don't want to, you know, make it seem like they're being nefarious about it, but it does seem it's it's kind of the thing Apple does where they're like the new iPhone starting at 399. It's like, yes, yeah, starting at, but that gives you 8 yeah. gigs of nothing that is unusable, <laughs> you know. Um so I kind of feel like that I I I my prediction is that there's going to be a $100 difference between the disc version and the discless version. Um, I was talking to Anthony Carboni about this uh, over the weekend and he was, he scoffed at that a little bit. Um, he thinks that they really want to push people into the discless version because basically it allows them to, you know, make more money on each purchase, which, you know, is sound theory, but I, I kind of feel like they want you to buy the more expensive one and the less expensive one is there to just sort of allow the advertising to say, Hey, this thing isn't always $600. I, I really think it's going to be five ninety nine and four ninety nine uh, as a, as an initial price point. Um, what I do you think, think Christy? Do, do, do you have a, sorry, do you have a theory? Um, oh, I, I mean, I just, I, when you were explaining that, I'm like, I honestly don't see why it couldn't be both. <laughs> like, yes, <laughs> the, the box gives you that opportunity, but then either it will push somebody to make that decision. So then, as both Christian and apparently Carbo mentioned, um, allows you to be more exclusive to that ecosystem even further. So you're no longer going to a GameStop or Target or Amazon to get your games. You are only going through PlayStation. Yeah. Um, and then, then yeah, and it's like I just feel like it's kind of a win-win no matter what they do for that. So, or a friend's house. As someone who has loaned oh, true, many yeah. of games to friends and and borrowed games, like. I hope there is something like that. Like, and, and PlayStation has shown the willingness to explore areas like that before. And I don't want to discount that where it's like, you know, Jeff, you and I did, I forget what game it was, but it's like, Oh, you have this game. You're not playing it. I can play it digitally on your account. And like, there are some quirks to it. I haven't tried that in a very long time, but I'd love to, I think things like that could kind of help me 
um, go discless. But I, I think, Jeff, your price kind of delta and price point might be right. But I, I also maybe kind of agree with Car- Carboni and the reasoning behind it. And I think even looking at the design of the consoles, to me, it looks like discless lead. Like that led the design philosophy of what this thing looks like. It looks better. And then they got it. Yeah, they got it pregnant with a little disc drive. (laughs) (laughs) It has a little food, baby. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they also couldn't like self-own, you know, just one generation ago, they put out that very famous video of like, hey, can I borrow your game? Yes, here, hands you the disc. I was thinking about that too, yeah. They can't self-own and be like one generation later, no discs, because they would be be memed to death, you know? People would be like, oh, really, Sony? Look at this video you put out. Yeah, Shuhei's Twitter would be lit up. (laughs) Just be like, hello. Totally. Yeah. Uh, so, Christine, do you, do you have a, do you want to make a prediction on price or what do you think? I mean, I'm fine with I, th- I think what you said is is pretty. I mean, I don't know if it's spot on, but that's where my yeah. gut would lie as well. Um, yeah, yeah I think excited. it's going to be want, an expensive thing, but I do want I do want I'm very excited for it. OK, and let's talk about why we want because uh they showed a bunch of games starting with gta 5 ps5 which is uh obviously you know every month when the npds come out gta 5 is still in the top five every single month here how many years since it's come out which is mind-boggling it's one of the biggest selling media properties of all time in any medium it's just it just crushes makes a lot of money for a lot of people and i'm sure uh, a lot of people will want to play it on their play- PlayStation 5s, and that's great. But the first thought I had was like, I thought backwards compatibility was a thing. <laughs> can't we? Can you just play GTA 5 on your PC, PS5 anyway? But uh, I, you know, it's, they say revised and expanded in some now ways. You can play huh? it for free. <laughs> yeah, I was um, like, uh, sure. I mean, it's a really old game. If you started charging sixty dollars again for GTA 5. I I don't even know. I just laugh at you. But how, how many people are just buying GTA Five now? It's the true. NPDs, it's wild. And GTA and and the NPDs aren't even like digital purchases. They're like people <laughs> like, buying it in a store. Like, oh, this game. I heard this game was good. Like, how, I, what, how are you even going to a store? <laughs> I know, right? That's that's true too. Uh, anyway, I just thought it was an interesting way to start the show. It, it, it kind of felt like a sort of pre-show bit you know it wasn't really like the really the beginning of the show but it, it was um, it was yeah i was like for me i was like this is to keep rockstar happy and to make them feel important because and they know that this is not the world's greatest announcement like it's a fine announcement and everyone loves gta 5 and like you said it is a powerhouse that is here to stay but i don't think that's what anybody else would really want to be like yeah <laughs> we're rearing yeah. to go yeah yeah and and they didn't really they weren't very specific about what would be improved, but you know, it's going to be, it's going to be better. Don't worry. Be it'll be good. better. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then things started in earnest with, as you mentioned, Christine already, Spider-Man Miles Morales. And there was some initial confusion. I think IGN posted an article that erroneously called it an expansion. It is going to be a standalone game that has been confirmed. So it is going to be a PlayStation five Spider-Man game starring Miles Morales. I popped like a fanboy when that came up, when the image of Miles came up. Um, but what was your feeling, Christine? Oh, yeah. No, I squealed. I, yeah. <laughs> I was very excited, um, especially because I think he has, you know, he has a little bit more fun in his weaponry arsenal. Uh, he has, you know, the electricity. He can go invisible. Um, so he has the powers that I'm more interested in personally. And I think he has a more interesting 
personality and character. Um, so I was really stoked about this. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Cool way to start the show. Christian, what was your take on Miles Morales Spider-Man? Yeah, I mean, I'm in. <laughs> it's it's not that hard to be in. Um, I think there's a reason why Sony was showing load times on Spider-Man for a long time, right? On <laughs> PlayStation 5 demos. And I think to see this game launching this holiday um, yeah, surprising. Is, is, is big. And I think it makes sense. Uh, Insomniac put a lot of work into that city. And so even if it is, you know, just updated, up-resed or, you know, whatever, but built on the backbone of what they did. Right. I want to see that city yeah. ray-traced, bro. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> shiny, there's so many, you know how many shiny buildings there are in New York City? Uh, yeah, make yeah. that ray-traced, no load times, and I'm playing as Miles. Like, I'm in, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I'm 100% in buying the game. Uh, and the reveal trailer looked great too. Like it, it, it hit all the notes. It was a really, really, really strong start. Yeah. I yeah, have supreme I, confidence in, in that team in that game. Go ahead, Christine. Oh no, sorry. Uh, I was just going to say, I think a good comparative might be like a infamous first light, like mm. in terms of size and scope. Um, just because yes, it is a standalone title, but I don't think it's, it's not like a brand new you know what I mean? Like it's not yeah. it's not a full work. It's sort of, it is like a last or uh, first light or um what was the uncharted one that I'm blanking on the Lost name Legacy. Of? Yes, Lost Legacy. Those are what I feel like this one will probably be more of mm. um which I'm also fine with. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, I mean I was definitely surprised that it was this holiday, but it it feels like one of their flagship launch titles. It's it's going to be I think a, a big part of the It feels the like Sony the bought them and was like make it so whatever you need <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. So. please well, make more <laughs> yeah i mean not to not to jump ahead but insomniac brought it man it, mm-hmm. it feels like oh yeah insomniac was an excellent purchase i found myself i think one of my top two or three games of the entire presentation was the new ratchet and clank rift apart which i love ratchet and clank anyway but holy moly what they showed with the portals to the other dimensions other levels you know we hear all this stuff about no load times no load times and it's easy to just kind of restrict your thinking to hey i'm glad i don't get to have to sit and watch a black screen with white letters saying loading on it for anymore but really i think it opens up so much more than just that it's not just that we're not seeing loading times it's that it allows games to be expressed in completely new ways and what a cool idea what a cool way to sort of show off that feature yeah the the demo was incredible and it was it was a little hard i was like i had to go back and watch it again because i was just like wait what it was uh it was a little mind-blowing for me because they were just kind of like zipping around so quickly in between all of these worlds yeah Um, yeah i mean it looks like you can do it at will which i can't even i I don't even my brain kind of breaks a little bit i remember i remember thinking i mean is going to date me here but i remember um there was a game called thexter that came out on pc in the dawn of time um at least the dawn of video games and one of the coolest thing about thexter was that you played as a robot that could transform into a jet and in thexter it was like the first game it was a 2d side scrolling very primitive game on on pc in like i don't know the 90s um and one of the things that blew my mind about that game was that you could transform to the jet and the and the robot at will. You could do it anytime you wanted. Because up to that point, if, if there was a thing in a game, they did that thing for that time and you did it. And then the next level, you didn't do it because 
you they didn't give you the freedom you didn't have the ability games just weren't that sophisticated yet and to go from like oh my god i can actually transform as a transformer whenever i want to hey do you want you want to just change the entire level instantly (laughs) anytime you it's just like what is even happening mind-blowing not to mention the ray tracing on clank's head (laughs) yes i love that they called that out specifically yeah i mean it we are so one of the unfortunate things about this presentation is that it was presented in 1080p 30 frames per second when all these games on playstation 5 supposedly are targeting 4k 60 frames per second so we didn't really get to see the full majesty on the stream at least but my goodness we are in full like no difference between a pixar movie and real-time video game anymore that game just looks utterly gorgeous yeah it's it's very pretty uh the playstation 4 wretched and clank is is one of my favorite of this generation and i'm excited to see you know what they can do i think we saw and you always see things like this but it's fun to see that realize like devs talking about this next generation is going to unlock our creativity and allow us to make worlds that we could only think of before and it's easy to get caught up in like the hyperbole of a new generation it's like with unreal engine 2 we can and like they did they did do that stuff but then we as fans want more (laughs) and so it's fun to see examples of what they're talking about because it's one thing to have somebody saying we can do things we never could do before and we can unlock this creativity okay and then ratchet and clink's like like this we can do (laughs) this and you're like and you're like whoa oh very exciting i mean i i really do believe that this whole no loading times issue or at least the the speed of the ssds that are going to be in these new boxes can really disrupt the entire structure of how we experience video games. I I think it's going to be something that at first perhaps just feels like a traditional video game, but with no loading times. And I think very quickly developers are going to realize, oh my gosh, we can just completely structure things differently. We can, menus can be different. There can be new kinds of ways to get into games and go places in games. And, you know, it was so mind blowing to see uh, something like Assassin's Creed Origins the first time you you go up into the bird you know you're you're on a horse as a character and then you push a button and you're hovering above as a bird. I think those kinds of things, as we're seeing with Ratchet and Clank, are just the tip of the iceberg as far as what instant loading is going to allow. The kind of just structurally different way to interact with video games. I'm I'm super excited about that. I think I'm bummed that I most... need to buy a new motherboard. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're uh, garbage now. Traditional SSDs through it's my M2 garbage. or whatever. It's it garbage. Is. Throw in the garbage, Throw Christian. Yes. Okay, hold on one second. Yeah. Rip out. <laughs> yeah, I think the thing for for the loading um, that I'm most excited about is just the ability for you as a gamer to be even more entrenched in the story that the person is telling, the developer is telling. Because I find myself. And I know other people do this as well because I've asked, but I'm like, I feel like anytime a loading screen comes up, that's when you go for your phone, right? And you're just like, yes. okay, let me check Twitter. Or let me do whatever. And if that doesn't exist anymore, that means you can just be way more focused on the thing and yes. enjoy and dive in. Oh, my tweets will suffer and it's probably for a good thing. But but my <laughs> phone, my phone is going to be in the ice box. So it doesn't even matter. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> It'll be fine. Uh, lots more to talk about with Wait, the Sony didn't conference. Say, we didn't talk about the the. The unidentified Lombax that's in there. Oh, I, I'm not even aware. I, maybe I wasn't watching closely the, the enough. You did the little gray Lombax that appears? Ratchet? 
You're not. Ratchet. I'm not sure if it's. Oh I don't yeah, 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 yeah. This is a new character. You're saying this is this is yeah. our ta- tales to Sonic. Yes, there's rumors <laughs> that it is a lady Lombax, but I have I don't know enough about Lombax to really say either way. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get into Lombax physiology, but uh, yeah, you never I know. It Snow Fox Ratchet. Ooh, I like. <laughs> It felt like the Spider Gwen to me. You know what I mean? And I don't yeah. mean to, to gender it because I I also don't know. But like, it's like that reality where like, oh, Ratchet and Clank don't exist here. You know, right. like it's it's that world. I think that's super exciting. I love when comics do that. Um, and I think it's gonna yeah. Be this fun is going to be like explore. this is going to be like Enter the Spider Verse for Ratchet and Clank, where there's yeah. like yeah. there's different Ratchets and different Clanks across all these different timelines. I want to and- see the different Clanks. Yeah, I definitely want to see the different clinks and how shiny they are. I know all that ray tracing. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. I, I overlooked the white Lombax. Uh, the, uh, the, there's lots more, however, lots more to talk about uh, with the PlayStation 5 in it. We still have The Last of Us 2 to get to. We have the PC gaming show to get to. I just want to take a quick break and thank our sponsor, Quip. Quip's my toothbrush. I love my, my I love my toothbrush. It's a weird thing to say you love your toothbrush, but I love my toothbrush. I genuinely do. We have three quips in my house. And I use my quip uh because it's so easy, because it kind of takes things off my plate. It takes things off my mental strain. I don't have to worry, like, hey, did I brush long enough? Quip's taking care of it. And and before quip, before I even had a quip, I probably never brushed for the two minutes that dentists recommend because my mind wanders, I get bored and I forget, "Eh, how long have I been here? Eh, That is enough. Uh, I'll be done. But Quip keeps track for me. It pulses every 30 seconds. And then after two minutes, I know it's done because it shuts itself off. It's perfect. I I don't have to think about it, but now I'm always brushing for the two minutes that uh, dentists recommend. Also, dentists recommend replacing your brush every three months which i almost never did either my bristles were a a horror show of just kind of knocked over and limp and wasted they weren't doing any good but i just kept using it because i was too lazy to go get a new brush but guess what quip is a subscription they send you a new brush head in the mail every three months as dentists recommend alongside a new battery a new floss new toothpaste everything you need they think of everything and hey if you're not leaving your house right now like i'm not how perfect is it to just have these things taken care of you taken care of for you and you make sure your oral hygiene is tip-top shape you don't want to get behind on that good health starts with good habits make it a good habit help let quit quip let quip help you make good habits by taking care of stuff for you that's what i do join over three million happy customers and practice good oral care easily and affordably with Quip starting at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash DLC right now, you can get your first refill for free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash DLC. That's spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash DLC. Quip, the good habits company. All right, Christian Spicer, uh, I want to ask you because you are a car guy. About Gran Turismo 7, I think that was kind of a big surprise as well. Uh, Always nice to have a new shiny console show off new shiny cars and a new shiny car game. But Gran Turismo is kind of special for Sony fans, and this is a full-fledged sequel, Gran Turismo 7. Were you uh, excited to see this? 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like every year there's a uh, like every generation, I should say, it's like card games are never going to look better than this, <laughs> and then a new generation comes out and they show a card game, and I'm like, ooh, ooh go on. I'm super super curious what seven means um because i thought uh, i'm there what was those last one sport i think sport. i don't know they had a bunch of weird updates right that weren't like the official numbered turismo well yeah but i think the, the this generation's i believe was called sport i forget but so, I mean, but it was a very big full featured game I, and so I'm, I'm just super curious what this is going to be and what it means um but it looked gorgeous it looked incredible and I'm excited to learn more about it. And I hope it hits whatever its release date is, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Doubt it. They were <laughs> smart enough to not say anything. Yes, not even exactly. A <laughs> yeah. 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 You, you, uh, into cr- Gran Turismo, Christine? Oh, no. But I do know that yeah, they put one out with every new generation. So I was expecting this. <laughs> I was just like, ah, oh, yes, here are the cars. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it, it is a showpiece the, to, to do sparkly, shiny cars. And, and it did, it delivered on that. I mean, it looked really cool that the, the uh, in cockpit views were pretty impressive. So yeah. Um, you, you guys are free to pick and choose from everything that was shown. Horizon uh, two, Jeff got the subtitle, right? Can we do that? Let's just get to that. Yeah. Right? Come on. What else are we talking I mean, about? You, you skip it to the end, but that's you said okay. free to pick and choose. That's what no, you just, I was waiting. I, patiently. Like, I picked the best. Like I did say that. Boy. I did the, say that we had, uh, Christine to catch you up. We had a, uh, a heated debate here on the show about whether <laughs> the game was called horizon zero dawn or the game was called horizon and the subtitle was Zero Dawn. And I uh, argued vehemently that uh, that the g- sequel should be Horizon something else uh, because it is a hori- the, the game is called Horizon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everybody, uh, Christian included, uh, was saying that it, it's Horizon Zero Dawn 2, the, the dawning or whatever the, the new dawning. subtitle would be. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just, uh, I just want to revel in my rightness about how it is called Horizon Forbidden West. So Zero Dawn was a subtitle for the first, this is a franchise is officially called Horizon. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I, so quick pause. One, you were right. Second quick pause. Yeah. Oh, no, wait, no. Just okay, re- can, revel in that a little bit. I'm going to just hang there for a little bit. Take uh, a quick so, second and grab okay. that audio, audio bite and be able to drop it in anytime I want. Go ahead. Got it. Great. Come? Yeah, <laughs> uh, but second, it's not st- like I'm looking at the official page. It's stylized Horizon Zero Dawn, all one thing, no colons, no nothing. So it's, it's just the name of the game is Horizon Zero Dawn, and the name of this one is Horizon Wicked Wicked Wild Wild West. Like, there's no <laughs> okay, subtitle that, or that title. Wait, you're the saying- name of it, it would be so much better. <laughs> it would be pretty rad to have Wicked Wicked Wild Wild West. So um, how but- doing it though, Christian is. It's because the way it is, is Horizon is bigger and on the top, and the other one's always smaller and on the bottom. So they don't have like an official colon, but that's yeah. how it's. That's how they right, you if you go to, to the website. Colon? The way it's written is Horizon Zero Dawn. All the, doesn't, the doesn't, basically, no, no, basically, what's happening right now, Christine, is that uh, Christian is saying Jeff, you were right, but you were also wrong. No, he's, I don't remember what saying, I said. He's like, they have not consulted the AP style book in quite some time, and they might want to go back and do that. Yeah, he's like, that's oh, always Jeff, a good you, thing to do. Yeah. Jeff, you were definitely right, but look, you're still wrong. Uh, that's what he's saying. Uh, anyway, uh, oh, wait, enough about one the more title. quick pause. Spider-Man yeah. colon Miles Morales is a bad name. Bad name. Okay. <laughs> the first one wasn't called Spider-Man colon Peter Parker. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bad name. 
What do you what? But he doesn't have a different Spider-Man name. It's true. So it could be called uh, Spider-Man? Spider-Man. You know, uh, West Side Breakout. Whatever. I don't know. Just what is it? I like, think it, if his face is on fair. the cover, I know it's Miles. I think it's fair to say that he is the second person to have ever donned the Spider-Man persona. Only the only, only the second person, I believe. No, uh, no. Who else has been <laughs> Spider-Man? I mean, I get, you know, I know that Doc Ock was Spider-Man for a while, but uh huh. And what's his name? Like Scarlet Spider? Was that Eric something or whatever? Oh man. Yeah, there were a couple other ones, but they're not super memorable but wouldn't you say spider-man scarlet spot that's not that's not even spider-man it's scarlet spider it's, it's like spider-man, spider-man for a little while i don't know everyone's I, spider-man I, for a little <laughs> i think spider-man. It's, I, you're spider-man <laughs> i think it could have been miles morales colon spider-man i think that would have been maybe colon, now we're talking yeah <laughs> <laughs> just, just wants colons Wait, so basically just flip it is that what you, is that what you want yeah i mean i think ben that riley really cool. thank you yes chat ben riley ben riley was a spider-man Boy, I'm uh, I'm losing my Marvel cred. Also, Ghost Spider. She is called Ghost Spider, but also was a spider. It's like you know, there's a lot know. of spider people, but not people that were Spider Man, like just Spider Man, which Spider-Man. is Miles Morales. Got a lot of spiders out there biting people. That's the problem. It's the <laughs> problem. It's a scourge. It is really a scourge. Uh, anyway, back to Horizon Forbidden West. Let's talk a little bit about what we saw, which is looks like they added underwater. Which Ooh, yeah. is a big deal, and it looked real pretty, real pretty. And Forbidden West seems to indicate the part of the world that we all live in—the western half of the United the States. Forbidden a, part. <laughs> forbidden yeah. Yeah. Yes. No one come here. <laughs> yes, please don't. We have, uh, but you know, we saw the Golden Gate Bridge, all you know, post-apocalyptic, uh, post whatever the horizon is. Um, what did you think, Christine? What did you think? I mean gorgeous first of all um i i had actually somehow i think in my excitement missed the golden gate bridge the first time around and someone had to tweet it to me later and i was like oh yeah okay cool um because i think in my head even though logically i knew it would still be in the united states um because of the the art and um the coral reefs and all these really beautiful things in my head i went australia like because that's just when i see those visuals Mm. i think much more tropical i don't know so i'm like ooh, this looks like australia i know it's not australia but that's what i think it is and then it just got me thinking about what our coral reefs and what our coastline might look like if we hadn't polluted it and it made me a little sad (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean in a lot of ways horizon is a a, a franchise about don't mess the earth up please yeah please Um, no so yeah please turn back but i was excited Uh, yeah i really really loved the first game i thought it was brilliant me too. I mean, we we here on the show named it our game of the year that year. Uh, we Christian and I both love it, love it, love it. It was great to see Aloy back, and and it clearly seems like we're going to get way more organic creatures in this one. It, it, mm-hmm. it you know it was all about a world populated by these mechanical creatures, and there's still mechanical creatures in what we saw here. But it seems like perhaps Aloy is venturing west to find more natural life and uh that whole concept of maybe trying to you know restart an organic version of the world uh i think it's a really cool place to take the story yeah that's what i actually i was because we did a live stream of the conference i was like fish you guys it's real fish (laughs) yeah and they were like yeah it's not that exciting and i was like are you kidding (laughs) yes it is there's a real fish there's a real crab 
And they also had robo fish though too. So it's like you can watch the real world too, right? Or real there's yeah. another animal that yeah, yeah there yeah, was yeah. two other real yeah real animals, and I was just like real things. <laughs> yeah, All I thought is can I kill good. them too? I mean, probably you got to eat. Yeah. <laughs> Christian, is there anything that you're hoping for with this sequel other than more of the first? Is is there some new wrinkle or so? I mean, because it it certainly looked like new location, new underwater stuff, but. It, we didn't get any indication that there is is anything different about the game. Or is that okay? Yes, there are two things that I would like from it. Um, I don't need it to go full Breath of the Wild climbing, but I would like it to either adopt that a little bit or somehow better illustrate what rock I can climb and what rock I cannot climb. Paint it yellow. I'm okay with that. I found myself being like, I can't jump this thing. And then I'm going to climb up this whole mountain. Like I love Horizon colon zero colon dawn colon. I love that game. <laughs> But I like there were just moments, especially because it and Breath of the Wild launched at the same time, where I was just like, it, it was just like arbitrary. It felt like where I was like, I couldn't get over this little rock, but then I would climb up this mountain because I was where I was supposed to be climbing. So I hope they kind of brought something in that changes that dynamic a little bit. And then my second hope is that I hope it starts easier than the expansion started. <laughs> yeah, I need to I need to be re-tutorialized. I, yeah, Frozen, whatever it was, like that. Yeah, the, yeah that frozen was, wilds. That yeah. was rough. Beautiful, but it started you. Yeah, like nobody's business. Well, it yeah. just smacked you upside the head, and I was like, "Oh man, I forgot to play this game. <laughs> Give me a minute." <laughs> yeah, yes. I, mean, I had the yes. exact same experience too. I think it's safe to assume that the sequel will not do that, but yeah. yes, I think that, I that good... was an expansion. So they right. assumed, for whatever reason, which was uh, ill-conceived, that you would be just playing it as soon as you pick up from the end of the game. But right. you're like, no, I put this game down for a while, and now I kind of got to relearn. Yeah, and then totally. I wanted a strong narrative, which we'll talk about, you know, later. That if, after you complete some games, you're like, I don't think this game needs a sequel, and then you're like, I'm so glad this game has a sequel. Um, but the first game was so you're talking about Doom Eternal. A very good game. Um, <laughs> Horizon Zero Dawn story I thought was magnificent, and with frozen gosh i always forget it again frozen wilds Wilds. like that kind of reset the store it was like you're not done and i was like i am done and they're like no you're not yeah (laughs) Yeah, it really had a conclusion to that first game you're right it really felt like okay we we figured it all out and it's like yeah but there's also people in the north you're like oh okay like wait what (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) and they they hint that this you know at least the trailer gave me an impression of where this story goes um but I hope it delivers. I I'm, imagine it will, but that's that's a big want for me because I really, really enjoyed the first game story. Yeah, I have to say I was really pleasantly surprised when I played um, Horizon Zero Dawn that I had so many questions. And I was I just felt like ah, it's a video game. They're really they're not gonna answer any of them. Like they're just right, <laughs> they, they yeah. never do. Um yeah. and then you got not all of them, but you got quite a few of the answers you were looking for. And yeah. I was and they were actually well thought out and i was like what is this this is amazing no i agree with you a hundred percent yeah you find out so much about the backstory of of everything uh and it, it is very satisfying you go oh okay well it all makes sense like, yeah, they really thought this through it's not like we're coming up with it on the fly uh, in subsequent games <laughs> yeah yeah um christine do you have a another uh bright spot from the presentation that you want to bring up a game that you were particularly interested in there were a lot but there were i really kind of um gravitated towards two in particular one was project athea and then the mm-hmm. other was kina i forget the subtitle of the rest of it uh let me google it really quick <laughs> like there is kina bridge of spirits oh right yes yeah yeah 
It's um, so pretty. It was so pretty. And I loved that you had like a whole bunch of little spirit friends following you. <laughs> like the little yeah. black orbs with giant eyes. <laughs> I was like, yes, this looks amazing. And then, yeah, Project Thea also looked really cool because number one, she has a cape. And I will play any game where the character has a cape. That's just done. Done and done. Yeah, Pro- Project Athea looks like uh, it's the new um, Square Enix game. Uh, some people have theorized it may be a, sort of a, a surprise tie into the Final Fantasy universe in some way. I don't know if that's the truth. Didn't but, Gary uh, say that he wrote on it too? I think he did. Yeah, Gary, Gary Witta. Yeah, Gary Witta wrote. Which r- makes is, me very excited. Yes. Uh, and it I don't like anything looks... he's written except for everything he's written. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and it, it, it certainly reminded me of some of that uh, Unreal Engine 5 thing where the, yes. the character like leaps off yeah. of something and flies onto another like precipice, you know, miles away or something. It, it looked real cool. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you on that one. Um what about Stray? Uh, oh, this was a game, yeah. right? This is a game that looked pretty uh, interesting. Well, we don't Who quite cares? know. <laughs> it's a cat. We've got robots and cats, Christian. That's enough. Um, it, it, to me, it looks like like two layers down of dystopia. You know, you've got you've got the dystopia that is, oh, there's only robots on the world. You know, where the humans are evidently gone, and it's only robots. And then there's another layer of dystopia down down where it's like oh and even for the robots it's bad <laughs> you know it's yeah. like it's dystopian even for the uh the mechanical creatures that inherit the earth uh but then you have this little kitty cat and evidently you play as the kitty cat to which, me it looked uh, like cat stranding yes cat <laughs> yes, stranding you are the cat delivery man that's what it was <laughs> like <laughs> you got a little messenger bag yeah carrying a pack on it Carrying hairballs over thousands of miles. They're very uh, or mice into robot. your house, you know, or lizards <laughs> into your doorstep, right? Yeah. Uh, it was very evocative and uh, different. I mean, there were, there were actually quite a few games, and I give Sony a lot of credit for this. There were a lot of uh, quite a few games that really felt like a departure from everything else. And I didn't get that from the first Microsoft uh, Xbox Series X reveal. That, that really felt like a lot of games that were kind of in the same wheelhouse of you know, kind of uh, grim and gray and brooding. It all felt sort of in that same place. And here we have these very vibrant, very different looking games. I mean, Sackboy gets a spinoff, you know, pure platformer as a character. I think that's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Astrobot apparently comes preloaded on uh, people's yes. PS5s, which uh, so, a couple of these games, Resident Evil Village, i.e. 8, uh a few of these games i was like they're not mentioning it but these are vr games too right like Dude, i hope so <laughs> i swear i'm gonna be so mad if they do an astrobot game and it is not vr but it certainly looked like it, clearly they didn't say the words vr there were no mentions of psvr in any point in this presentation but i gotta believe that if there's an astrobot even if it's a mini kind of demo like it seems to be it's got to support because they've said PlayStation five has support backwards compatibility for the HMD for the PlayStation VR head mounted display. Uh, I hope you're, I hope you're right about resident evil eight, although I will never play that. In, I'll in, play in, it, but I will not finish it. Cause I will PP all over my office chair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but man, I'm so, so hopeful. I'm so glad that Astrobot is continuing in some form or fashion, but I hope it is not like uh, super lucky's tale where, 
the first one is in VR and then there's like a spin-off non-VR version because Astrobot Rescue Mission is truly one of my favorite experiences on PlayStation 4 and I truly one of the best VR experiences and I just hope that it, they continue to use that in that way that IP in that way because it's delightful and magical. Um but let's talk a little bit about Resident Evil Village. Uh, I don't know if it's even officially called 8 but I guess it is 8 because the I'm village not sure if it's officially called Village or not cuz right cuz like Christina, I don't I know if you saw but it was like yeah, right? Like the but 8 became the like, village. Well, it's kind of Roman numeral 8 with the, if you like squint. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what it is. Squint and like put your finger over the bottom of the L's and you, you got yeah. it. You know, you got it. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good though. Um, I mean, what do you guys think? What do you think, Christine? Uh, here's the thing. I'm not a huge, I don't like spooky. Mm. Um, so yeah, my art. Uh, co-host Brittany though is all about that Resident Evil life and she was flipping out when this uh came on the the stream and yeah. just you, you kind of losing her mind. You know her way better than I do, but having watched a number of her horror screen streams, does she like it? <laughs> Here, okay, so yeah, here's the thing about Brittany. She she's very enthusiastic about any like the things that she really likes, but you're not really sure you're like, wait, but do I you lo- like this? And she's like, I no, love I love her it. streams, but they, yeah, it's like they are, she is so good and they are so great. But I'm like, you know, you don't have to do this for me, right? Like, you don't no, have she to. She genuinely this game. likes it, but is she, I always commented on this because we did a, we did a series called Lights Off where um, we would play horror games together. And whenever her and I were paired, we watched it back. And I was like, Brittany, do you realize that you scream with your eyes open and you are blocking eyes with the scary thing? Whereas I am curling up into a ball and screaming into myself. And she was like, yeah, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I, I really immediately thought it. of her when they showed eight. I'm so excited to watch her play it after I stopped playing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, she'll find every little nook and cranny in that game and we'll talk your ear off about it for sure. I also want to point out um, a couple of other games that, made me excited uh but i think we should definitely take a second for a game that isn't really my game but maybe is your game christian the demon souls remake which is a big deal uh looks like a full remake not a remaster yeah blue point has been knocking these things out of the park so i i feel like it's in very good hands yeah i mean it looks amazing um but uh you know, I'd probably not my jam, but very cool set piece for PlayStation Five. And do you think it looks remade enough? Did, were you impressed by, by what you saw? I was very impressed. I think the hardcore fan, I saw some blowback that like it was too remade, like like they changed we too much to and look like bad. <laughs> it's like changing yeah. geometry because for the way I've played, I actually Souls Demon Souls is a is a gap for me. But the way I played like Bloodborne and Sekiro and and uh, I, I tried to exploit the geometry. So I don't know if that's why people were reacting for Demon's Souls, but I could mm-hmm. understand it if you're like, this level isn't the same as I know it. But I thought it looked beautiful. Like I said, I've, I've really been impressed by the work that Bluepoint has done on other games. And I think a game like the Souls games without load times makes me far more interested. Wow, yeah. Far, and they didn't show that part, but if it's live, die, repeat, Demon Souls, you know, like if it flashes me back the way Celeste does or something like that, I, I think you're going to see a lot of really fun experimentation and people, you know, being a little braver um, as they as they plow through the game. But I thought it looked fantastic. 
Speaking of live, die, repeat, uh, Deathloop was one of two games that looked like uh, they had that sort of live, die, repeat. Returnal and uh, Deathloop both had sort of that uh, live, die, repeat um, aesthetic to it. But let's talk about Deathloop, uh, which is the new game from Arcane. Uh, we actually saw this teased last E3 at Bethesda's conference, but now we have more information about this. It's a pretty interesting concept. Evidently, um, assassins attacking each other. You're going around in a level doing your thing and then kind of like, actually kind of like the Souls games, potentially another human being gets dropped in at some point without you knowing, hunting you, uh, which to me has the, a real possibility of being frustrating but they must have figured out a way to make it not frustrating um christina you uh are you intrigued by this one i really like the art style of this game and i really liked dishonored um so i was interested to see what arcade uh, leon was doing but when they announced this i was like this seems neat but i also am a little worried about whether or not it will yeah like if it will get frustrating for me um so i something i'm definitely gonna give it a go and try but i can imagine just being like just you know using a few expletives <laughs> yeah. every now and then during it yeah I, I i don't know how you put that mechanic in and not make it a little frustrating but maybe they've got smart ideas about it, it certainly does look like it has um some dishonored dna with the gadgets and the sort of uh verticality and traversal that they were showing in the trailer um yeah i agree about the aesthetic too it's kind of got that like 70s um grindhouse look mm-hmm. to it which is yeah, fun cool. yeah um there's a there's a whole bunch of games here i'll just quickly uh talk about a couple more that we were talking about um games that don't look like everything else well first of all i want to say i can't believe that lauren lanning is still making odd world games that's i saw wild. that i said that too i was like that's wild it's insane how long he's been making odd world games for like 30 years it's yeah. pretty wild it's pretty much since i've been alive it's crazy yeah and and he is so committed to that universe. I just feel I feel like it never really achieved the status that he thought it should. But I commend the guy for still making Oddworld games. I, I don't know. I don't know if a like two point five D sort of hybrid shooter platformer is going to do what he wants it to do. But I don't know. Yeah, trying. the new one looks a little Lemmings ish as well. And I was like, yeah, hmm, interesting. Uh, but we were talking about you know games in this presentation that didn't look like anything else and there's a couple that i want to point out as we kind of wrap up that for me it's amazing that sony made time in their presentation for this um one of them is goodbye volcano high yeah which is i don't really even know what kind of game it is but it it was like animated anthropomorphized Dinosaurs. dinosaurs yeah just so different and interesting. It looks very much like a relationship game and and sort of a more uh, more storytelling tell- game. Uh, I just love that they, you know, it, it's a great contrast to a lot of things that can be samey in these presentations. And to see that sort of 2D hand-drawn art style and in something that clearly is going to play a lot different than most of the stuff that they showed, I, I liked seeing that. That's yeah, actually that just really the cool. opening cinematic in the gameplay. It's just a first-person shooter. Yeah, uh, it's just like, <laughs> oh, goodbye, Volcano Hard! <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I graduated. Really I listened in the army. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the other one that I feel like everybody came away from the conference like, well, that's something different, is Bug Snacks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, right? That was... I I would like to know 
what sort of items they consumed before conceiving this game. Like <laughs> that's what I said too. I was like, this looks like a fever dream. Yeah. Uh, in the best possible way, though. I mean, so the idea with Bug Snacks, I guess, is that you eat stuff on this island, and the what you eat becomes your hands. You are what you <laughs> eat. You are what you, you eat. Are, yeah, yeah. It is. Uh-huh. It is that. Uh, I mean, what a. I, I love it's from the creator of Octodad. So if you had told me about uh, there was a video game about a dad who's an octopus and has eight arms and you have to control them all, I would have been like, that sounds weird, but then it, it works. So I have faith that this is going to work too. But what a wild, different kind of thing, you know? <laughs> the the fact that we had a presentation where somebody says, I dropped it because of my wiener hands or whatever he says. <laughs> yeah, <It's> like, yeah. <laughs> so great it's so great so anyway bug snacks uh on my radar in a big big way um lots of other stuff there but we have uh things to get to as well and the pc game conference which i don't even know how we cover it It, it, there's there was so so many things in the pc game conference uh are there any things christine that you want to I think the biggest one, maybe potentially biggest one, is Persona 5, excuse me, Persona 4 Golden coming to PC. Yes. So that was, I was looking at this list and I'm like, honestly, that's the only thing worth talking about is Persona (laughs) 4 Golden. Because, I mean, I still love that game. I think Persona 4 is one of the strongest Personas that there is. Um, And I platinumed that game when it was on the Vita. So, I mean, I won't play it again because I played 300 hours of that game. I think I'm good. But I'm really excited for people who maybe, you know, for, for the people who didn't have a Vita to be able to experience this game because I think it's brilliant. Christian, I know you're a big fan of this game as well. You played it on Vita too, right? Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I'm glad it's out for a wider audience. Um, but yes, I am in no way interested in replaying it, <laughs> if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess like on the only other couple of real bright spots, there's a lot of interesting PC stuff that was announced at the PC Game Show. I'd encourage people to check it out. We don't really have time to go in fine detail through all of it, but there's a few bright spots for me. One of them is uh, Icarus, the new game from the creator of Daisy, Dean Hall. Uh, it's a new survival game that takes place in space. Looks a little No Man's Sky, but, uh, you know, and, and there's a lot of these survival games, but it, it looked kind of interesting to me. I was just shocked that after Kid Icarus grew up, that's what he became. But I haven't followed the franchise that closely. So. Yeah, it is a direct sequel uh, to the last Kid Icarus game, which I believe was on the 3DS. I think um, you're right. Yeah. Um, and then the other game that really piqued my interest only because I saw this in action at GDC a year ago and it blew me away then is a game called Airborne Kingdom, which is like this kind of uh, real time strategy base building thing where you you construct these cities that float in the sky that that are like have propellers and are flying around so you can move the cities as you create them. think Sim City, but with cities that could move bioshock infinite cities yes yes uh so cool so cool so um i mean lots of other uh, the you scroll down of all the things oh i guess the other one is that mafia definitive edition we finally got a trailer for mafia definitive edition uh which also in the same way that um demon souls at the PlayStation event looked like a real remake. This one is a real remake with uh, all new assets. And it looks like it looks like a modern game. Pretty wild. Can I throw Torchlight 3, like the beta or early access or whatever they're calling yeah. it. Um, yeah. 
my problem isn't the games. My problem was in how the conference, unfortunately. I, I, I root for the PC gaming show every year, and it's not quite there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's hard because it's all these disparate, it's not one publisher, you know, getting to decide. It's all these disparate publishers, and everybody, I'm sure, wants. To, I, it must be a nightmare to put this thing together. I can only imagine how difficult it is to wrangle all these disparate elements and make everyone feel like they're being given equal, you know, uh, emphasis, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think you're, you're right about that. Um, but still lots of great PC games coming, uh, lots of really cool companies and especially smaller games were given a, a big, um, a big platform to be highlighted in this, this, which is great too. All right. Uh, we have put it off long enough. I mean, that is, uh, so many wonderful, exciting things to be excited about, but we have one of the biggest games of the year that we've all played. So we're going to jump now into the playlist. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as you heard at the beginning of the show, we're going to be talking about The Last of Us 2, Last of Us Part 2, um, we will not be spoiling anything. Uh, we are con- contractually obligated not to spoil anything, but also we wouldn't want to do that. This really is a game about story, uh, about moving you through a story and, uh, we will not be revealing any major story points. Uh, we'll be talking about our experience with this game and, and how we felt about it and, and likes and dislikes, but, uh, without, spoiling any of the story so rest assured this will be spoiler free uh you should also we should also note christian is is hired by sony um i have been accused of being hired by sony a lot this weekend got a lot of emails about the paycheck that i must have evidently gotten from them Uh, i wish if only that were so right i would be nice um once upon a time uh, i was paid by sony but that was a long time like i did used to work for playstation several years ago oh well there you go see all of us are compromised we are all untrustworthy at this point um but let's start with you christine you have finished uh the last of us part two uh probably around 30 hours is that accurate yeah yeah it was around there um yeah and for you oh uh, well yeah. so i i tweeted this and so i and i kind of stand by it like i was definitely one of those people where going into this game i was really nervous about it number one i wasn't sure it needed to exist i was definitely one of those people who thought that the first game felt complete to me and i didn't necessarily want to dive more into it because you always worry that if you do it kind of might undo some of the magic from the first um, you, so you have a lot of love for that first game. Is it one of, one of the games that you um, rate highly? Yes. Yeah. I really, yeah. really loved the first game. Obviously, it had some flaws, but I, I thought what they did with it was really interesting. And I thought that the story that they told was not your typical story, which mm. I was really appreciative of. And so, yeah, so I was worried about that. And then I was worried because I felt like a lot of the PR beats that they they put out so far just felt so dismal. Like they just felt so dark. Like the first Gamescom presentation that they showed where they had um, the Seraphites like uh, hanging someone up and like maybe cutting her belly or like doesn't quite. And I was just, I was physically sick watching it. I was just, yeah, disturbing. uh, Certainly. It was, yeah, it was incredibly 
dark and something that I was really uncomfortable with. Um, and then they kind of continued showing darker things or like even at the PlayStation conference that had happened that year at PSX, I think Neil had talked about um, hate being a very big driver of this game. And I just was not sure I wanted to be in that headspace, especially considering the state of the world. So I, I cautiously went into this game and then was so taken away by it. Like I just, I completely dived in and appreciated all of the elements that the team has created. I think, you know, from the art to the writing, to the set design, to um, the way that the actors performed, like the music, all of it, I think just worked so seamlessly together. And it really does tell you a story that I think deserves to be told. And I think that people should go into with open eyes and open ears and just try and, and hear the message that it's trying to convey to you. Yeah. Christian Spicer, uh, the host of the official last of us podcast. Uh, you played this game probably before any of us did. No comment. (laughs) (laughs) I am not at liberty to say, (laughs) Uh, yeah, I, I, I have talked to a lot of people about this game and you will hear me talk a lot about it as well next month. Um, and as you mentioned, yes, I was paid, uh, to, to talk with people about this game and to talk about the first game and the second game. Um, don't tell the people who paid me this, but they didn't need to. (laughs) (laughs) If anyone asks, I was underpaid. Um, uh, but you know, all the, all the grains of salt that you need to take, uh, please take them. I think if you've listened to this show for a while now, you know that part the last of us part one is, is one of my favorite games of all time and the impact that that game had on me. Um, but again, feel free to disregard everything I'm going to say about part two because of, you know, my relationship with the company and the podcast and, you know, my genuine friends that I have over at the studio. I totally understand if you feel that way. I, I, I sincerely do. Um, all that being said, they did not pay me enough to say I like this game. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, screw all that it's guys. Trash. <laughs> screw you. It's screw you. And, um, it is. It is phenomenal. It is absolutely phenomenal. I enjoyed my time in the world so immensely. I found myself in so many games. I'm constantly running. Because I, I like the game, like Arkham games. I love the Arkham games. Batman's always running in the Arkham games. That's just how I play them. I loved God of War, um, but but Kratos be running too. Like I, <laughs> I, I have a clip in which I like to play games. And The Last of Us Part One was similar to this for me. Uh, Nathan Drake, Nathan's always running. Like Nathan's not linger. I don't play Uncharted the way an E3 demo of Uncharted is, where it's like I walk in, the camera pans up to the sky as the plane streaks across. And then I look like that's Nathan's running, throwing his rope, jumping around, you know, doing all sorts of stuff. I I found myself going the pace in which the character was going. Like uh, as I'm, in this world again with these characters and, and experiencing, I just wasn't compelled to rush through any of it. Um, I, I, I loved every single second of it. And I, I think to people um, that are maybe hesitant to play this game right now, I, I personally believe now is the perfect time to play this game. Um, 
it it is a game that I think will stick with me the same way the first game did. It is a game that I'm excited to talk about again next year and, you know, five years from now and revisit and kind of examine it as a franchise. And so all of those big, you know, grand statements about the game. I, I, and then the smaller things, I thought it was super fun to play. Like they did some of the dev diaries about the, you know, the mechanics and stuff like that, that Naughty Dog videos that they put out. And it, it felt so good in my hands to, um, be able to do those things and move around the world in that way. And, um, the, the combat is thrilling. It, it's just, it, it's beautiful and wonderful. And it, it, you know, challenges you in a way that, um, I, I love, I love art that does that. And then from accessibility, you know, there are standard difficulty changes, but you can also go in and tweak a myriad of things, which I, I, I love. Um, so you can play it if you are completely blind in terms of those, that level of accessibility. Like everything about this game, the level of care that went into it is is on display times a thousand. The sound design is exquisite. The number of times I'd be like, dry land mud, dry land mud, dry land mud. <laughs> Just kind of like hearing the soundscapes of the, of the environments and the, the way I moved through them. I, 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 I can't say enough about it. And it, it just, I'll never hear, I know I'll never think about whistling the same way again. Mm, yeah. Uh, whistling, whistling is terrifying to me. No, <laughs> to me, I always do it while I work. So I guess I, I can't shake that feeling. Yeah. yeah. There's different kinds. <laughs> there's happy whistling. <laughs> But it is, and then, and then the, I guess the last thing I'll say for now, because um, I also want uh, you to talk some, Jeff. But I, I cannot believe this is a PlayStation Four game. It's the same way I felt when I played Part One on a PlayStation Three. I was like, what they squeezed out of this generation on a technical level in terms of a visual fidelity. Um, it's almost problematic. It, it, it's almost like if they had shown this at the PlayStation 5 conference, I would have been like, wow, PlayStation 5 looks amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. Like, I would get into, like, come around a corner and be like, this game could not look any prettier. Then I'd turn the corner again and be like, well, it looks like uh, Christian's going to become a full-time video game photo mode guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here I go. It is astonishing. And I think the way, again, to reference the sound design and the performances, the way they all mold together to create this singular experience, it's 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 truly breathtaking and I and and just an absolute blast. And I can't I can't recommend it highly enough. I you know it's phenomenal. Yeah, I, I'm I'm struck hearing you talk, Christian, because I would never describe the game as being a joy to play. <laughs> For me. It it was, I mean, hearing you say how fun it is, I, you know, I, I got some heat on Twitter this weekend for uh, tweeting out my thoughts and referencing uh, Schindler's List as uh, an experience that I would put in a, in a category of movies like 12 Years of Slave and United 93 and Hotel Rwanda. Yes, these are all about real events and perhaps they're problematic to bring up in comparison to a video game about fictional events but the reason i would put them all in a category is that these are movies dear zachary is a, is a documentary that i feel this way about these are movies that i am so glad i saw but i 
almost feel like I couldn't go through again, or it would, it would be hard to go through again. There was no, there were, there was no joy in the watching of them, but there was an appreciation. It, it, I am in awe of those works and I am moved by those works. I am transformed. I am a different person because that art moved me Thinking, uh, and I'm grateful for it, but I, do, I would never describe them as being joyful. And that's kind of the experience that I had the last of us too. Thinking on the fly, right, as I'm listening to you talk, I think an analogy that might work for me, again, in this moment, so I, maybe I get this wrong, but I think to me, it, it's like the shield. There were parts of the shield where I, I would look away and there were parts where my wife was like, I'm not watching the show anymore. She came back and started watching the show again. Um, but uh, maybe this says a lot about me. I, I like media that challenges me i i do enjoy that i i enjoy um difficult I do, I, well, narratives yeah, and i and yeah. I, and then but i'll, I'll marry on top of that i really loved the gameplay of this game like there were moments i mean i've gone back and and, and replayed it and there are experiences and things that i want to see and do and do differently and um you know yeah Again, I, I know too much. Um, <laughs> I, well, I would say, I say, um, I would say that that you know, I think one of the things that's so incredible about this game, uh, and I want to get back to you, Christine, as well. But I, one of the things that's so incredible about this game is that it makes time for moments of beauty. Uh, that that was kind of on display in the first game. Um, there's a moment at the zoo that is particularly striking. It's one I will never forget. It is a video game moment I will never forget from that first game. But you know, Christian, that I I wasn't as big a fan of the first game as you were. Um, I feel like this game doubles down on making time for moments of just humanity and beauty. Uh, And that is an extraordinary thing. It is something most video games do not do. Most anythings do not do. They don't allow their characters to just breathe for a second. And this the game, pacing of this game is phenomenal. The oh, pacing so of this game is amazing. For a game that it lasts 30 hours, it, it, it is extra. I mean, there are quibbles that we can make about the order in which things are told and how it maybe feels like whiplash. And there's, there, this game can have flashbacks within flashbacks within flashbacks, you know, which is sort of like a cardinal no-no for storytelling most of the time. But um, it's a Blue Jay, yes, yes. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, but I do feel like I... The, I, I feel like the pacing was great. And there are these incredible moments where you're allowed to just sort of breathe. And there are things that happen that are conveyed with a facial expression of a character, of a digital character, you know, which is extraordinary. So I'm not saying that the movie, the movie, <laughs> the video game, <laughs> uh, I want to get skewered for that one. Um, I'm not saying that the video game isn't, beautiful or or doesn't have these moments of like joy and catharsis and humanity and 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 real you know natural beauty well i mean we talk about the the visual beauty in a second which is what you've kind of talked about already but it is worth underscoring but i'm talking about sort of thematic beauty and and contextual beauty and and story-based beauty these moments of of just kind of soaking in people being together and experiencing something, something quiet, something simple. Uh, 
video games don't really do that. A lot of movies don't really do that. You know, that's, it's a very rare thing. And, and I am so impressed that this game makes the time for it. But most of my experience playing this game, as I said on Twitter, I've never wanted to not fight things more. I ran, I ran from so many encounters in this game. Whereas in most games, I'd feel like, oh, I'm, I'm missing out on the fun that the game is providing. This game, I was like, no, I'm just, I just want to run. I just want to get I would, away from this. I would turn around. I would be like, no, not today. You don't. Not today. You and mean I would like you would turn in. around and go back and and oh, get more, I would knock more people down. I would go back in. Yes. Ma'am. Oh, man. Yes. Wow. I, that, that is you not my thirst. emotional experience. <laughs> yeah, that was not my emotional experience playing this game. I was just like, I don't, please, I don't want to hurt anyone <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anymore. Uh, Christine, I don't know. It, it, did any of this resonate with you as far as sort of like the feeling of fun or not fun in playing it? I mean, I felt a little bit of both because as you've mentioned, I think they did such a great job with pacing and they've done a great job having that levity and that light in there along with the the moments that do make you uncomfortable. Um, so you will laugh in this game. I laughed a lot in this game. Um, some of the lines are just, I've, they struck me and uh, especially the delivery of them. Uh, you know, I, I laughed almost as much as I felt uncomfortable in it. Mm. So that's why I do think that overall I had a really enjoyable experience with it. Um, not only because it pushed me and I think it definitely taught me something, but because it had, you know, those just really silly fun moments. It really shows you, the breadth of human emotion and um, really heightens it, right? Like, so everything that happens, you know, might not be realistic because of the setting or the circumstances, but um, that just really kind of magnifies all of it and makes it even more. And so it makes you, you feel it even more. Yeah. I had several moments where I felt like I wasn't sure I could go on. I was like, I don't, I, I can't do this game. I can't do this. I, I can't. Um, there were definitely. Why did you then? Can we examine that? Like, was it because like, oh, I got to finish it to talk about yeah. it or like something pulled A you little. back within the narrative? Like, or I like, mean, I, you know, I think the game I, itself. I certainly pushed myself through certain moments more than I would have if I wasn't trying to get through it for a deadline. But I also would have still played a thing. I, I mean, I was still compelled to I, I do think the game is a masterpiece. I should I hopefully I should start there. I did not start there. I think the game is a masterpiece, and I think it is a new high watermark for narrative in video games. It is it's nothing else even attempts what this game is going for, and I, I got a lot of trash on Twitter for saying that as well. But I I believe it. I I think it is presenting such a an interesting story that i did i did want to see it through i did want to keep going and know and know what happened i cared about everyone in this game i cared about the women in this game i cared about the humanity of this game i cared about the places and people that you encounter uh many of them i cared about side characters you know um so i did in the way that i do when i watch a great television series you know this felt to me like a television series it felt like two seasons of a television series like crammed into one game and i wanted to keep going and see what happened to these people but there were times when i thought this is too dark this is too grim this is this destroys me i can't i can't go on here and i would have to set the controller down i mean it is very violent it is very 
bleak and it is, and it puts you, it, I don't know. I'm maybe I, you know, I lead with my heart a lot of times and I'm a, I'm a person that, that sort of empathizes and feels things with fictional stuff, uh, as anybody listening to the show knows, but I have a hard time believing anybody would be able to sort of play this like a regular video game. It, it just is intentionally not trying to do that. It's forcing you to reckon with some of your actions. And in a lot of ways, it feels like an answer to the problems of the Uncharted series, the sort of ludonarrative dissonance we've talked about, about, you know, Nathan Drake being this nice dude who cares about people and doesn't want his, his you know, who, his partner to die, but then will mow down 400 people on the way. You know, it, it, it is a weird position to be in playing that character when you're like, oh, don't die, but also I'm going to murder 400 people. Yeah. Uh, this game, is it kind of feels like it's a reckoning of that. It's, a, it's an answer to that. It's the same creators going, what if we actually made you think about that? Uh, and I know other video games have kind of done that, but not the way this game does. It's, yeah. um, it's extraordinary. Go ahead. No, I was, I was going to say it was interesting when you said like you, you don't play a game like this a lot. And I, I agree. And I, so part of what I did to help me through my feelings, because obviously every time I stopped, I would be feeling something. Um, I journaled. So I, and I recommend this to anybody who's about to play this game. Just get yourself a journal. It doesn't need to be fancy. Um, and write, and you don't need to be a good writer. Like, well, most of the stuff I wrote in here is garbage, but it helped me process what I was feeling or what I was thinking or what I thought that the character was thinking and why they might do what they did. And I think Ellie does the same, right? Ellie does that through the game. She does. Yeah. It was interesting. There was one time where I journaled and then I, I hadn't read hers yet. And then I went back and read hers and her thoughts actually were mirroring my own. And I was like, Oh, that's that's weird. (laughs) um, But yeah. So like, I think that that, but I've never done that for a game before. I've never had to sit and, write for like 30 minutes after I finished it just to think through all of the weird thoughts that were going through my head. Yeah. It's great art, right? That's what great art does. And that was my perhaps clumsy reference to uh, the Schindler's List that I made online is it's hard to make video game comparisons to this because there just aren't very many games, certainly not AAA. There's some indie games that do things. um, This War of Mine is one example Mm -hmm. uh, of games that really deal with a dark thing and a a dark subject and really intend for you to feel something. Um, But certainly at, at the scale that this game is, which is undoubtedly one of the top one or two games of the year, probably one of the top one or two most expensive to make games of the year, the scale, the global product that this is, and the scale at which this game was made, it is an extraordinarily bold move to make this, to make this, this thing that like forces you to reckon with it, that asks you to care about people who are of a variety of different types of, of, of individuals. Uh, I mean, the game is peppered with, with, um, um, diversity and uh, all kinds of perspectives and 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 yet every single thing, as you said, Christian, is crafted at the highest level. I mean, every single thing. There's not a single place or sound or moment that isn't the absolute highest quality 
that you can find in video games right now. Like every place that you enter, every room, every building, every outdoor area, it feels like has been thought through and, and there's a story being told in the environment. And I, I was so struck by that all the time. I mean, I was moved finding a letter that you find in a drawer of somebody saying, oh, you know, I have to worry about my daughter. They're coming for us or something, you know, along those lines. These things, it, because the world felt so real and so lived in and so true, it didn't feel like just an audio log that you find in a game or a piece of, uh, you know, a, a collection item that you can, you know, tick off to get your, to get your, uh, trophy for finding all the collection items. It really felt like this tapestry of a world that has been thought through, that really felt lived in, and, and has horrors in it, real horrors. That's my TED Talk. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for coming. <laughs> but let's talk a little bit about the sort of look and feel, because Christian, you, you, you touched on this, but my God, it is truly one of the most beautiful games I've ever played. And it, there's so much to it. There's so many places you go and none of them feels tacked on. All of them feel like this incredible effort was put into realizing them. Every tiny little item, every tiny uh, 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 pile of debris in the corner. You know, I remember there's a, a apartment that you go into and it, where there's like a full Dungeons and Dragons game set up. And I just spent so much time like looking around that apartment because the people who lived there had different kind of stuff than the other people who lived in other places. And this is just walking through a place. It's not a big story moment. It's just, here's these kind of people. And, and that's for every place you go to. It feels like the kinds of people that lived here were considered. Uh, and it's not just this post-apocalyptic wasteland. It feels like this place that used to be a thing and now we're discovering it is a different kind of thing. Yeah, and I think a big part of that too, and I am not going to get into specifics, but you know, I think a big part of it is is the level design and the craft that went into even that aspect of the game, right? So like, there's all this visually compelling stuff, but the fact that um, of people that um, I've texted with after I was allowed to text with people about it um, have similar experiences or and or different ones, and why they're similar or different. I think that everything about this game, the care that went into it and the craftsmanship um, is, is just extraordinary. Like there are times that I remember I did this with the first game too, where I would like sit and look at paint peeling off a wall, which is like the opposite of watching paint dry. I'm watching it like fall apart, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just kind of blown away by it. And around every corner and every bend in this game, um, there were moments and aspects of things that visually, and again, in the audioscape, that would just absolutely blow me away and it'd have me kind of setting the controller down just to take it in and admire it. And it's, um, yeah, I, I don't know what their PlayStation 5 game is going to be, but all I'm picturing is like this, but with the Ratchet and Clank time riffs. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that plus like, granted, they don't have loading screens throughout the, the game, but the loading screen at the very beginning does take a bit. So it's like, imagine that gone. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Maybe fewer things that you have to, you know, push the button for a long time to open the door. Yeah. Because it's, yeah. It's like <laughs> loading. Hidden loading. We'll just we'll push the door. It's really hard to open. 
Yeah. Although there's a lot of times where pushing the door because it's hard to open was the scariest thing I've oh, ever God. done. I know. You're just like, anytime you have any mechanic like that, you're just like, your your heart's in your chest. Just like This door makes there. a lot of noise. Why is this door making so much noise? Where's the WD-40? Yeah. Why didn't I bring a can of that? I was like, whatever. No kidding. Yeah. I mean, I... Like I said, I've never really experienced a game where I have tried to actively avoid fights as much. I mean, there's a lot of stealth in this game. I was sneaking a lot, but I was sneaking and just trying to get around groups of enemies. Most of the time, I'm Sam Fisher, right? I'm I'm just being liquid death going through and, and pulling people down and stealth killing and finding cool ways to use my weapons and stuff. This game, I really really just didn't want i just wanted to get away i just want to get around them just get through that just get past it yeah uh i was an emotional wreck through this game <laughs> i don't know yeah, I, I started that, like, that way i started very sam for like okay because in my head you know yes i'm playing i'm playing a video game right so i know what i'm supposed to do and what i'm supposed to do is i'm supposed to methodically take these people out one by one um that's how I clear a level. And then the character right. will say something under their breath and I'll know everybody's gone. And then I can get stand up and leave. Um, but then, so I, I was doing that for a little while. And then, uh, you know, you come up, you know, upon a group with the dogs and all of that. And I was like, oh, I really don't want to hurt the dogs, but they're also kind of a pain in the butt. So <laughs> some of them had to go. Um, but I, yeah. you know, and then eventually kind of realized slowly that I didn't, I could just keep moving. And I don't know why it never dawned on me before. That you could just, like, you don't know. You actually don't have to kill anybody or kill anything. You can just kind of stealth your way through and, like, a ghost in the or, night. Were you ever there? <laughs> or just whole ass. I mean, I would, I would like, just sprint sometimes. You sprinted? When, if, oh, man. If people found me, I would just be like, ah! and run and just, <laughs> and just, I mean, normally in a game, that's where I would load my save and be like, oh, I screwed that up. I'm going to go back. And, and this game is actually very forgiving, has lots of checkpoints and you can load a checkpoint and usually it'll be, you know, it even tells you how long since the checkpoint uh, saved. It'll say, you know, less than a minute or two minutes or whatever it is. But I almost never did that because I was so immersed in the feeling of being these characters that it felt like, I, oh, I screwed up. I just, I got to get out of here. I got to run. I got to survive. I, I and I I actually really appreciated that feeling of being able to get to a point where I could actually behave in a way that felt analogous to how the character might behave instead of trying to min max my way through a, a video game. I I didn't I didn't really experience this like a video game. It felt more like a, like I said like a TV series or something. I need to make a quick apology to those here live with us. Uh, my level design praise, I muted myself a second earlier just on stream to burp. Uh, <laughs> and I, I forgot what? to unmute myself for that. I was praising uh, the level design and talking about how it's incredible and uh, I love it so much and everything is visually beautiful. You can find the full thing on the RSS. You didn't miss anything salacious. Uh, it wasn't me self-editing something I wasn't supposed to say. I just burped and I knew my RTX voice would catch it for the recording and it wouldn't catch it on OBS. <laughs> All right. Time well spent. <laughs> it was. It's important to me. I messed up. I'm sorry. Um, Christine, is there anything that you would criticize about this game? It sounds like you liked it quite a lot or at least appreciated it quite a lot. Is there, is there, are there negatives? Obviously hard not to be able to talk about the story itself, but are there negatives? Um, I, I think my only like minor nitpick was what like one moment in a thing which i obviously can't say what it was but 
Um, the most minor of things where I was like, I felt like this character should talk about this thing and they're not. And it bothered me. Um, mm. But that was it. Like that was the only time where I felt like something was off. Otherwise I really enjoyed pretty much all aspects of the game. I think there's still probably areas to critique about it, but for me personally, I just enjoyed it so much that I, I don't have a whole lot of negative things to say about it. Mm. Christian, is there anything that you would, uh, I mean, obviously you're a difficult position as somebody who's still actively talking to the team and have they already paid the you is the check cleared yeah. in your bank you... account? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so many complaints. There are so many characters I could have voiced in this game and I wasn't asked to be any of them. I could be like, just run the town, get they, you know, like I could have Christian, they didn't. They didn't want to have every character explain why they just burped and only some of the people could hear it. I could be like, and then get killed. And then Ellie would be like, I heard him and then killed me. Um, What's your best clicker impression? Oh, man. Jeff and I, we actually, I think that's still live on the Buffalo Wild Wings uh, from like three years ago thing. We tried. We talked oh, to her. Three it's years ago. Try live. like five years ago, I think. It's, it's a long time. It was before I had kids. Everything to me is five years ago, Jeff. You know yeah. that. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I, I mean, if I if I had honestly, if I had to to find a complaint, and I'm I'm legit struggling and looking for one here. Um, I I mean, I want to play this on the PlayStation Five because I'd want ray tracing. <laughs> like, but even that, even that, like, there are mirrors, there are reflections. Like, I don't know, yeah. I don't know what you know dark dark magic they did to pull this game off like it, it it's legit hard for me to find them like i like you said if this was shown during the playstation 5 press conference i would be like where do i pre-order you know like throw my money at the screen um it's i don't know i mean again the sequel to one of my favorite games of all time um it, it's hard for me to find complaints with it i'm trying to i'm legit trying to think of like there were times where I would put the controller down and walk away, but I, I liked that, you know, I, I liked that it, it challenged me or that this game made me do that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's hard. Even, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess, I don't know, man. I really don't know. It, 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 it. I definitely have more complaints than it sounds like either of you do. And many of them have narrative roots that we can't really talk about right now. Um, there are things that can be a little muddled. There are things that are forced on me that I wish I could just be like, I don't want to do that. I don't, I decide, I decide not to do that. But the game it's says, not no, your story, Jeff. <laughs> it's not my story. I know, but I'm forced to do it. And I don't want, I mean, it is very much, you know, is uh, would you kindly is, is recalled in my head. I'm like, I, yeah. if I had known, I wouldn't have done it. Um, but, uh, it, but you I know, think that would make it, it, it less powerful. Don't you? Yes. But there are, t there are, there are moments where I was like, well, if I just don't do this, what happens? I wish the game would be like, I don't know. Game there over. Are, just a big game, game over. over. Yeah. <laughs> you stop touching your controller. You must have walked away. <laughs> Ellie collapses from dehydration. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, but, and there are definitely a few sort of gameplay moments where I was like, ah, oh, screw you game. I don't like this. This isn't, I, this disrupts the, disrupts the pace. There are a few moments, especially toward the end where there are like instant kill enemies that 
I was like, this isn't, uh, we stopped having fun. This is, I, I mean, I was never really having fun, but we stopped like progressing. I just was like in this loop of, I don't, this isn't a cool challenge. This has now become tedious to me instead of moving forward as I've been. Um, so there was some of that, 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 that I felt a little bit like, eh, this could have gone better, but you know, there are so many little touches. There's so many moments. There are so many things that I'll never forget. I, I kept saying on, on Twitter that this isn't a game so much that I feel like I played. It's one that I feel like I'm recovering from. It's a game Damn, that I'm, man. you know, it's a game that has changed me. I, it's a game it, like great art does, you know, like, like movies like Schindler's list. I've changed having seen it. Uh, that's not equating the subject matter of those movies, uh, that movie to this game. It's not equating the, the, even the, the exact level of artistry it's uh, it's equating the intention of the art you know there are there's art that sets out to entertain to give you a good time like john wick or a marvel movie and Jeff, there are i got you there's the spice man and then there's spice Stradamus. <laughs> okay <laughs> you're saying they're you're totally saying, different personalities that everyone loves mm-hmm. all of them Right. Yeah, I don't know if that's exactly because <laughs> everyone hates the Spice Man, though. <laughs> and Spice Tradamus is totally made up and fabricated. <laughs> and I'm pretty <laughs> sure nobody's super super thrilled about Spice Tradamus either. It sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I yeah, dude, this is going to be such a shilly thing, but because there, are, I'm so excited for people to hear the part two episodes when they come out in July. I'm so excited for people to play this game on Friday. Them. I'm so excited for the part two episodes. Yeah. I mean, the part one episodes are phenomenal too. And the things we're talking about and those are, I love them with my whole heart. Um, but this game, it's, I also feel weird saying this cause it's like the end of a console generation, but like it's, it's worth to me. This is worth the price of a console for like, don't because they'll probably yeah. be back compatible, but like it's that, it's that good. It's a, it's a, it's a work of art, you know, in a realm that most things don't even attempt, you know, it is, it is trying to do things that most of things in this medium aren't attempting. And that's not to, to rag on the medium. I love video games. I love them. And uh, it's just extraordinary that, like I said, at this scale, with this level of fidelity, with the amount of money and effort and man hours and all of the things that got put into this thing that they this showed is it the in product, a trailer. They put a Vita in it. I love it already. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, there's yeah. several Vitas the in Vita it. The Vita lives on. Yeah, there's, well, Vita means yeah. life, baby. <laughs> I love uh, it. Not to, not to the person that was holding it, but uh, anyway. Um, the, uh, also, the Vita yeah. did. The Vita was fine. <laughs> the Vita was fine. I wanted to pick up that Vita, by the way, yeah. and no one let me. Um, I want to speak a little bit about, because you're talking about you know interviews we had with cast and, and stuff like that, too. The performances in this game are amazing they are so beautiful and it 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 pains me to say this because i am someone that does voiceover and i have voiceovered games and i intend to do lots more of it i hope i get the opportunity to do lots more of it most voiceover in video games isn't very good and nothing exposes that more than naughty dog games and in particular this one uh and and it's because they have the money and time and the ability to performance capture and not just voice capture but I think that this shows that approaching it on a level of trying to 
create a narrative like this, approaching on a level of, of TV quality writing and TV quality or film quality performance and writing really yields dividends. I mean, I care for these creatures, these characters. I, I believe them. I, everything feels natural and uh, lived and ex- it's an extraordinary accomplishment just to direct these kinds of performances out of actors Uh, it is as good as anything you'll see on tv in my opinion yeah also shout out to those facial animators at naughty dog yes wow good lord can't imagine how hard that job is oh that's a great that's a great point and one that i want to make especially in this you know where we are with the internet and reveals and stuff like that this is just my opinion again all the grains of salt for who i am talking about this game but this is a game that i remember watching the trailers for whenever they came out like i i didn't watch a lot of the i was kind of on lockdown for this game but i watched like the e3 like the big event trailers and i remember watching that and just being like no way i think like another dev even was like no way that's real (laughs) like when they showed (laughs) one of those trailers and this is a game that in my opinion not only delivers on all of those e3 moments like there was the one with um where Ellie's like in a the makeup store or whatever. I think that was like last year or two years ago's E3. And this is a game that hits or exceeds all of those moments in terms of fidelity, visually and sound and performance that they showed from all those trailers. And then you get to play it. Like it's no like uh kill zone two or whatever, or bullshotting like, it's unbelievable how big this game is and how every moment feels like it's at that caliber or higher. And I, I can't, uh, yeah, the animation, the, the, the subtleties of looks and, and hands, like, yeah. you know, my grandfather was, a, was a painter. So he made his living and like, he, I could see his early work. Everybody had their hands in the pockets. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what do I do with my hands? hands in the pockets? Hands are hard. Um, yeah. Just, just phenomenal. There's a, a close up shot of Ellie's hands at one point, and you go, Oh, those hands have been through some stuff. I literally I definitely <laughs> thought that. And then I actually looked at the poster that I have, because um, I have the one where it's just her arm and the switchblade. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, Yep, those are those are the same hands. Like they those are the hands they've been life. through some stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's also quite a bit, and again, this goes to level design, Christian, as you brought up earlier. Uh, the level design is incredible and exquisite and you, you feel like you're discovering things. Uh, but I, I felt like, and maybe this is not true, but I felt like there's a lot of stuff that could be missed that I could easily have missed. Oh, for sure. And, you know, and it's like, oh, this is a huge, beautiful moment or this is an amazing place or a, a really cool thing that I could have just blithely walked on by if I hadn't just randomly stumbled on it. Or one of the things I love most about what this game does, and I don't remember any other game quite doing it like this, is how often a place will look like you can't get into it. Like there's no obvious entrance to it. But if you smash the window, you can get into it. And there's a whole level of detail inside there and things to scavenge and find. But you had to smash the window to get through it. And I'm just like, oh, that, it feels like I'm improvising the exploration by going, I'm going to smash it. It feels like, like I'm in that razor. place. It's like the simplest explanation. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. smash the window and get in. But most video games, you know, signpost the things you can get into and the things you can't get into. And this game does some of that, too. It it certainly has 
you know, doors that look, you know, very much openable and things that are signposted to get you through. But there's also a whole range of experiences and places and things that artists must have spent hours and hours rendering and coming up with little, you know, barbershop items in the, on the level. And it's like, I would never have gone into that barbershop if I hadn't smashed the window and walked in. It's, it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing. All right, we've. I know we've been drooling all over this game, and I'm sure a lot of you listening are uh, frustrated that you can't play it right now. Like I said, I did not enjoy this game. <laughs> I survived it, but it is an extraordinary experience, one that I relish and one that I am grateful to have had. I, I look at it like those kinds of amazing movies, you know, like a Schindler's List, like a like a United ninety three, like a you know, to a lesser extent, the road, perhaps. I, and there's lots of fictional ones that I should be coming up with instead of ones that are based on real events. Um, but those are the kinds of movies that I feel like, oh my god, I'm so glad, I'm so glad I put myself through that. And that's kind of how I feel about Last of Us Part Two. I'm so glad I put myself through that. But it was an ordeal. It was something that was not easy for me to get through. It was not something that. We talk about a challenging game and most people talk about like how hard it is to push the buttons and do the things. And this game for me was challenging on an emotional level, on a psychological level, on a story level. And that's saying something. I just don't think video games attempt that very often. Certainly this game does. I don't disagree with what you said, except that I, and maybe this says too much about me. I loved it. (laughs) Like I, I loved it. And one thing we didn't mention, and yes, then I will stop. I promise. Um, like the first game, we hinted at it a little bit. You talked about the letters, the, the environmental storytelling, and like you mentioned, the yeah. D board, the environmental storytelling that happens in this world and in this game is, you know, it's on. I mean, Control is maybe is at that level for me personally. Another game that I I absolutely love, um, and and it's it's so nice to see that happening again in a game as big as this, where um, it didn't get lost because the game you know, grew in size and scope. It's, it's truly phenomenal. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the uh, last of us too. Certainly not going to be the last time we talk about it. I'm sure we'll uh, eventually Christian and I will do a spoiler cast a- about story stuff. And there's so much, so much more to talk about with this game that we just can't yet. And I can't wait for more people to play it. I, one of the things uh, just to wrap, put a bow on this little discussion, uh, Christine, I'm so curious what you think the reaction to this game will be because I don't think it is what many people expect. Yeah, I don't know. So I, cause I went into it. I mean, I'd seen some of the presentations, but a few months ago, I just stopped watching a lot of the reveals. Cause I didn't want to know anymore. I was like, look, I'm yeah. going to play this game. Don't tell me more about it. And I actually really enjoyed that. I went in fairly blind and just got to, take it kind of you know one step at a time throughout the whole thing and there was something really magical about that so i really just hope that people will go and experience it and give it a shot because i think the only thing as you mentioned that will make it difficult for people is the emotional weight of it whereas because with all the accessibility options there's kind of no excuse like like there's usually there's going to be a way for you to play this game um accessibility wise uh, and difficulty wise but it's just a matter of, are you willing to see this through? And I don't think everyone's answer to that will be yes. And I, I think that yeah. that's okay. But um, I do wonder what the majority of people will land on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very curious myself. Um, it's been a, a, 
wild uh, <laughs> tornado of responses for people that responded to my my tweets about it. Uh, people seem to think they know exactly what this game is, and and I just don't think they do. I, I it's been pretty clear to me the responses that I've gotten from people that haven't played it, they don't know what what they're in for, and uh, I'm I'm so so curious, Christian. I'm going to ask you a difficult question to wrap up, and that is. Which game? One or two? Part one or part two? Which is better? Someone asked that in the chat. Um, it, 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 that's impossible for, for me to answer. Um, and yet I, you'll answer because <laughs> I have asked it. I, I could answer it this way. I think it's possible to play two without playing one. I don't think your experience will be as rich. Um, I They're a story. They're a complete story. So I think it's it, it's kind of like... Would you like better chapter? It's like part one and part two, right? It's not that they go together. So all that being said, um, there are two reasons why I could pick each one. One, I'd have, if I have to pick like, you know, gun to my head, I would pick part one only because I literally was playing that with my daughter who we nicknamed Ellie before we knew anything about the game. My infant daughter asleep on my lap and that prologue, will be with me forever, right? Like even without the rest of the game, that prologue makes part one a very special and personal game for me in which I played it. That being said, everything about part two, in my opinion, is better. The The, the gameplay mechanics, the, the storytelling, the performances, like part one is such an important game, um, but part two, probably recency, um, it just blew me away, but I cannot separate them. It is one story. This is not, mm. this is not horizon colon zero colon D colon a colon W colon. I don't N. know. I, I, I think you can, I think they both feel like complete individual stories to me. I, I, I don't know. I, I feel to like me, the first this game... left behind American dreams like this. I mean, again, favorite franchise of all time, you know, it's, until Celeste yeah. two comes out, it stands alone, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I have two kids. I can pick a favorite of those easily. Oh, that's super easy. To pick. <laughs> that's so easy. But between yeah. these two games, it's, it's, yeah, it's really hard. It's really, really hard. Yeah, you're right. There, it's such a variety of things you do in this second one that you never did in the first game. I, I know somebody snarkily tweeted at me this, this weekend. Uh, how many ladders do you move in the game? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. There's a lot of ladders in that first game. There were a lot of, <laughs> lot of pallets <laughs> floating in the water, too. Yeah. This game does not do that. <laughs> it does much more interesting, different kinds of stuff, which is pretty cool. All right. Um, this has been a little long, but I appreciate it. It was a big packed week. And Christine Steimer, thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I, uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, we, we have parting gifts coming up, so everybody stick around for that. But Christine, tell folks where they can keep up with you and your work online. Um, so you can follow me directly on Twitter at Steimer. And but for the podcast and all things what's good, you can either go to whatsgoodgames.com and you'll find everything there, um, or what's good underscore games on Twitter. And we put out a show every Friday. Very cool, Christian Spicer. Uh, I know you got uh, a podcast to plug. What else is going on? Yeah, the official The Last of Us podcast, the second episode of that comes out on Tuesday. Hopefully, uh, you give it a listen and, and you're hanging out with and liking that. Um, the second thing that I want to that I want to mention, and this this is just to sent to me from an email, so vet this yourself. But I like the message behind it. 
um, uh, Michael emailed me and he's going to be doing a 20 hour, 24 hour charity stream on Twitch. Dirty apples. 24 is his Twitch channel. To be fully honest, I have not watched anything on this Twitch channel. So go in eyes wide open, but I like the email he sent and he's streaming, uh, last of us part two, starting on January on Saturday, June 20th, uh, 2 PM Pacific time. And he's streaming to raise money for voices for racial justice which is a cause that I can support. So um, that's not, that is this week. Cool. Uh, so I want to give that a, a little uh, shout out and plug Arino. And then the other thing that I want to mention as we will be recording on Sunday next week, but you might not hear it before then is happy father's day to all of the dads out there. And also a reminder, it's father's day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> get your dad something quick, but happy father's day. Maybe get your dad a watch. Uh, <laughs> oh, too soon. Too no, it's soon. That that seven years or... ago. That is seven years ago. Sleep on the couch, give him a watch. Nothing will go wrong. Um, but happy Father's Day and to my dad and all the dads out there trying to squeeze in enough time uh, for The Last of Us Part Two. We love you and thank you for uh, being who you are. Yeah. Be nice to the dads playing Last of Us Part Two because they're, they're, they're going through something, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're experiencing something. Um, I, uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. Uh, hey, I appreciate all the folks. I appreciate all the folks, speaking of Twitter, that uh, reached out and showed me support this weekend. It was not an easy weekend for me. I uh, I stepped in it, I guess, pretty hard uh, with uh, what I said about The Last of Us Part Two, And um, I appreciate everybody that was... Uh, kind to me and was uh amplifying uh the kind of message that i usually uh put out into the world because it felt like uh, a lot of people were misinterpreting a lot of the things that i was saying so um i'm grateful for that thank you all of you and those of you that sent me emails also very grateful for that uh it was uh appreciated and it it was needed uh for my psyche <laughs> uh but i also have other things you can listen to if you're so inclined i have a movie and tv show podcast called the slash filmcast you can find that at slashfilmcast.com. We're doing uh, The King of Staten Island this week. And I have a comedy science show by the uh, the aforementioned Anthony Carboni and myself. Uh, it is called We Have Concerns, talking about science and making jokes. Uh, I think you'll like it if you give it a shot. You can find that at wehaveconcerns.com. And I also do a long-form Dungeons & Dragons show called The Dungeon Run. I'm very proud of that. The last two episodes have been featured on IGN, so you can watch it there. You can watch it on IGN's YouTube channel. You can watch it on our YouTube channel. Just search for The Dungeon Run on YouTube. You can jump in on any episode. We just did episode 50, which I'm really proud of, but you can jump in anywhere. Um, You can also listen to it as an audio podcast, or you can listen live when we record on Wednesday nights, 6 p.m. Pacific time at caffeine.tv slash The Dungeon Run. All right, let's wrap the show up with parting gifts. Hey, give us a suggestion of what to do this week. Give us a parting gift. This is parting gift. Christine, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily a huge upper, but it's an interesting book. Uh, it is called Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker, and it is a very sciencey book that, but written in a way that doesn't make you feel like you're reading a thesis statement. Um, but it is all about uh, sleep, just as it sounds. 
all about how it actually works in your body, the things that can disrupt it, which some of them you already know, but it's interesting to see the different ways in which they disrupt it. Like, for instance, you may know that drinking alcohol uh, interferes with your sleep, but you might not know how exactly. And the book kind of goes into that. Um, or you may think that you actually sleep better when you drink alcohol. And that is incorrect. <laughs> you are just wrong. <laughs> um, so it's just, I found it really interesting because it, it just made me learn more about the human body, which I'm always interested to know what's going on in there. Um, but it was a really interesting read. So I highly recommend it. Very cool. Why we sleep. Very cool. Uh, Christian Spicer, do you have a parting gift? I do it. And it, it's a little half-assed and I apologize for that because I'm not ready to talk about it, but I like Spike Lee a lot. And I think the five bloods is good. <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> but I'm not ready to talk. I, I watched it once right. and, and I wanted to watch it again. Um, but I, I think Spike Lee is a brilliant director. Um, so I, I think you should watch it's on Netflix. You probably have it. And hopefully you're staying home. So, so watch the five bloods on Netflix. All right. That's the five bloods. Um, we got a um, parting gift from a listener sent to DLC feedback at gmail.com. This comes from Eric Zersi, who wrote me a just a lovely email and uh, and ended it with a oh, parting how to get gift. off on the show. Easy. Oh, now everybody's yeah. going to be doing that, Jeff. Hey, you know what? If if that has to happen, then I'm all for it. I like I like I like the nice emails. It's much better than the the some of the things I've been reading lately um, about myself. Um, Eric Zersi writes, in the face of everything happening across the country right now, I'd like to recommend Carlos Lopez Estrada's 2018 film Blind Spotting. Oh, I love that movie. That's me talking, not Eric, but I love this movie. Uh, the movie is an incredible look at what all black people in America face regularly and how police violence affects them, not just in the moment they see it or hear about it, but on a longer timeline as the trauma continues to impact their emotions and actions. Despite how weighty that description sounds, though, the movie carries enough hope and friendship to be heartwarming and often funny, even as it's emotionally overwhelming. I, as a white person, walked away from the film with a far better understanding of what it might feel like to be black in America and why the protests and even the riots are so important right now. This might be a heavy parting gift, but I also think it's so important right now. Thanks for all that you do. Uh, thank you, Eric. Yeah, man, Blind Spotting was on my top, uh, I think, five or ten movies uh, that year. It is uh, is extraordinary, uh, and I highly, highly recommend Blind Spotting. So yeah, I don't, I don't know where it's streaming right now, but I'm sure you can find it streaming. Uh, it's, it is great, great, and yes, very funny, and also also has one of the coolest rap moments. Uh, just hip hop moments at the, it's really cool. My parting gift uh, is a little goofier, I guess, but, um, it has given me some nice solace. I, I kind of found myself in a, a place where I, I had watched the last dance or excuse me. <laughs> yeah. I'd watched the last dance. No, the last dance. Yes. That's, the last that's dance. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, that's the thing. Well, I'm confused because you'll about, you're about to hear why I'm confused, but I'd watched the last dance, the Jordan thing. And, uh, I needed something that sort of filled that void of like, ah, oh, man, a cool documentary that makes me just kind of like sports and people and see backstage to things. And I just wanted that feeling again. And so I started watching the last ride, which is why I got confused. Last dance, last ride, last ride is about the undertaker in the wwe and it is on the wwe network um maybe most of you are, don't have the wwe network but man the last ride is uh great it's about this uh this fellow who played a character for uh, about 30 years and uh 
how that has taken a toll on his body, what he does, his commitment, his work ethic, his desire to actually create something lasting and impactful and excellent. It's like about uh, um, an aging superstar's quest for excellence and um, kind of very similar to the Jordan thing. And I recommend it. I've been enjoying it very, very much. So it's called The Last Ride. It's, uh, it's about wrestling, but it's very good. Very good documentary. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Christine Steimer and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to all the folks in our chat room for hanging out with us live in real time. We appreciate you. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for those cool bumpers. And thank you to each and every one of you for listening. We appreciate you. We'll be back next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.